back to Officially Medial, the world's most okay podcast. My name is Eric. And I'm Ben. And welcome to February. It, we're, we're in February. Mm-hmm. Also, hopefully you're noticing a, a quick uh, improval in our audio. One would hope. Yeah. Did you say improval? Im- improval? Improvement. Improvement, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I confuse improvement and approval. Yeah. Approval doesn't make any sense there, but... That's no, but hopefully we have your approval <laughs> That's for right. how good our uh, sound quality is now. <laughs> that's right. Somebody got their tax return, and that someone is me. And I have been wanting to upgrade our audio for a long time because the mic that I had, which was great for what it was, my sister got that for me when, like right when we were starting the podcast like three years ago, mm-hmm. uh, and it has served us well, but it's just not the best one for two people may they rest in peace yeah i think if it was just one of us and we were like just talking solely into that mic it would be fine but for two people the way that we would do our setup it's in the middle between two of us so neither of us could be close enough to it to sort of get the audio quality that we should get from it yeah and now we have our own mics we have our own microphones sharing crap we have our own little mini mixing board here we do um so yeah i've i you know happening yeah, I just have wanted this to sound like a professional podcast for a long time, and now it does, hopefully. Yeah, uh, sponsor us, MailChimp. Yeah, we're finally there. We're ready. Yeah. We're ready for that money. Yeah. Ready to get that bag, as all the kids say now. Yeah, that's, this, this was the only thing standing in the way. <laughs> that's right. What's the audio quality? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now we're good to go. We are good to go. That's right. Um, also, we're here this month to talk about Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we do that, and I didn't uh, tell you about this before we started recording, but I just wanted to talk about the Oscars real quick. Oh, sure. Let's do it. Cause they just happened. Uh, our last episode was about our Oscar predictions. Mm-hmm. I was very cynical about some things. Um, I had been reading a lot, listening to a lot of people who like, this is more or less their job to talk about the Oscars and mm-hmm. who's going to win and everything. And everybody was like super pessimistic and really thought it was going to be really bad and that 1917 was going to win everything. And that didn't happen. It won one thing? It won cinematography. Yeah. And then it won one of the sound awards. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and, and, you know, I think I said this in our Oscars podcast, but any other year I would be thrilled with 1917 winning a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. But just compared to everything else that came out this year, it was not the thing that should win Best Picture. Yeah. And I think arguably the actual Best Picture did win, which I, was Parasite. I think it did, which is crazy on so many levels. Yeah. Because not only did it win Best Picture, it won Best Director, Best Screenplay, and yeah. Best International Film. Yeah. And it's the first movie ever to, to win Best Picture. Um, that's not the first movie ever to win Best Picture. Uh, uh, first movie not in the English language to win Best yes. Picture ever. It's all, it was also the first movie ever nominated from South Korea, which I still cannot believe is true. That's wild. Yeah. Even really, really crazy. in the international crazy. category, right? Right, yeah. yeah. It's, Just period. It's yeah. the first one from South Korea to ever be nominated. That is criminal. Super criminal. Like, yeah. really wild. Um, we got to watch it together, which was nice. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't expecting that. Me so neither. that was like a nice little surprise. Yeah. Um, we had just a few people over, uh, to like eat snacks and watch the show. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a boring show for the most part up until the end, like yeah. pretty predictable. Literally the only surprises were the ones 
that Parasite one outside of Best Foreign Language uh, feature. Yeah. Um, which it's not called that anymore, right? It's international film. International film, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, the acting, none of the acting stuff was surprising. No. Uh, what did you think? Of, I, we didn't really talk about this, but, like, what did you think of the show overall? Yeah, it was bored. Yeah. I mean, Eminem was there for some reason. Yeah, I don't know performing what. Performing a song that's like 20 years old. <laughs> I don't know what that was about. That um, was truly bonkers. Last year, I did not miss a host. Mm-hmm. This year, they needed one. Yes. It yeah. felt like, I, I, yeah, I don't know if it was just like because it was fresh and new last year where it was like, oh, I think like this act, they're actually okay. But it felt kind of directionless with that one this year. If you get presenters who can do bits mm-hmm. and they're funny then it's fine. And I think last year, that's what they did. This year, the only ones that were funny were um, Maya Rudolph and Kristen Wiig. And yeah. then like Olivia Coleman, who has to present because she right. won last year anyway, so that doesn't really count. And Will Ferrell and Julia, oh, Julia yeah, Louis-Dreyfus were, were, were good. They were very, very and funny. I, and I really liked the, I guess, quote unquote monologue that uh, Steve Martin and Chris Rock oh, did. Oh, yeah. I thought that, that was pretty, was pretty good. good. But they should have just had those two guys host. Yeah, or or Maya Rudolph and <laughs> yeah. Kristen Wiig. That would be fantastic. Yeah. And I think... I was just thinking about the Cats thing. and Yeah, which was a nightmare. Yeah. It was, that was like the worst of a boring show. Right. But overall, it was just... It was was yeah. James Corden and Rebel Wilson coming out in their Cats costumes. And making fun of the movie that they are just in and trashing mm-hmm. the visual effects artist who worked on it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a really bad look. Of, yeah, it, it would very in very poor taste. Yeah, yeah, I didn't care for that at all. Yeah, and I just thought like they always do the five original songs. They always do those performances. Mm-hmm. That's like sort of a given at this point. Mm-hmm. But they just had so many other musical moments. Like it just yeah. felt like too much. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah, for the most part, like it, yeah, it was a really boring show. Yeah. Up until like the last 30 minutes. And uh, yeah, then it was exciting less because of the show itself and more because the results were not expected. Right, exactly. In a a welcome way. Yeah. Yeah. That's like sort of, I think, the idea. Like, I think that's kind of what you want. Not not, not for the show to be boring until the end, but that you want the energy to be around like surprises and upsets and that kind of thing. Yeah, there. I think there's always one or two surprises. Mm -hmm. Um, This year there were more than that. Yeah. Um, And that was great. Yeah. It felt like... I felt like uh, Olivia Coleman won Best Actress like three or four times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I, yeah, it was that that part was very fun. She's the best. She is. Yeah, her her whole little thing talking about her husband <laughs> was just so funny. It was. She was so proud of herself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just I wanted to talk about that because I I was so pleasantly surprised that Parasite won as much as it did. Like it. It felt like one of those things that, like, everybody knew that it should win, but it wasn't going to. You know, like, it was yeah. going to, like, the Oscars were going to do what the Oscars does and reward the thing that is, like, more crowd-pleasing and less sophisticated and less challenging. And, um, but it, that that didn't happen. It didn't. And thank goodness. Thank goodness. I was, like, happy about it all day on Monday, too. Yeah. I was, like, riding a high almost. <laughs> yeah, was thrilled. Yeah. And, like, so many people who are not like huge movie buffs the way that we are will mm-hmm. now go seek out that movie because it won best picture and hopefully start watching more international film yeah. because if I saw someone on Twitter saying if you don't watch international film you're missing like 75% of cinema it's true it's, <laughs> i think 75% well 
Hollywood's the biggest industry in the world, but right. it's, it's like there's so much good stuff out there. Right. And just because it's not in English doesn't mean you shouldn't or can't. Watch yeah. It. yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, just wanted to check in about the Oscars. Um, but now let's move on to the real thing that we're here to talk about, Birds which is prey. Birds of Prey, which yeah. we're recording this the weekend after it opened. Mm-hmm. It underperformed, I guess, according to some metric. It didn't make a ton of money, but it made its whole budget back. And so yeah. it's not a failure. Yeah, I there were so there were so many people talking about like, oh, it's the lowest grossing DC extended universe movie, whatever. And I just thought like, yeah, but those movies also were so much more expensive. And this mm-hmm. one was rel- like super cheap by comparison. Yeah. It's not fair to judge it by those standards when uh it's not playing in, in the same field in terms of like budget and stuff yeah and the character's not as popular as like right Superman or whatever but yeah i mean i don't know i think it's better than most of them yeah for sure yeah i think there are three dc movies now that i enjoy three and a half and that's wonder woman shazam oh, this yeah. and then the first half of man of steel which i talk about all the time what about aquaman Oh, I did like Aquaman. I still haven't seen it. But Aquaman would be like at the bottom of all of those, okay. though. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's it's uh, this, Wonder Woman and Shazam. Mm-hmm. I guess the first half of Man of Steel, but I forget that that movie ever happened. I know. it's uh, The end really, really ruins that one. Mm-hmm. Um, it leaves a sour taste in your mouth. Um, but yeah, I... I don't know if it's because I love the movie, but I just have been like feeling really defensive about everybody like trashing it <laughs> online where I'm just like, what, what are you mad about? It just feels like it's a bunch of fanboys who were like so excited to see a female led movie, like quote unquote mm-hmm. crash and burn, which I, d- I, I don't think it did. No. But again, I guess these people just want to compare it to all the other DC movies. I mean, we saw the same thing happen when Wonder Woman came out. We yeah. saw the same thing happen when, uh, all three of the new Star Wars movies came out. Right. And Rogue One. Yeah. Same thing happened with Captain Marvel. And right. And it, it, like, it's not even a common commentary on whether or not the movies are good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a commentary on whether or not the people watching the movies are good. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, mean, honestly. Really. And it, I don't know. It's, it's so tiresome that, like, every single blockbuster movie that has a cast led by women or a woman yeah it seems like ever like there's this expectation that that movie has to like carry the hopes and dreams of all future projects that mm-hmm. are led by women and it's like why yeah how many shitty movies made by <laughs> men about men exist most of them yeah most <laughs> yeah. of them are yeah. That, exactly that yeah so uh, just like i don't know people are telling on themselves a lot i think you're right yeah but I think it's safe to say, at least uh, judging from our text messages yesterday, you saw it yesterday. I did. That we both really liked this movie. I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't remember having this much fun at a comic book movie in a very long time. Yeah. Um, try like I can't really, I, yeah, I can't even pinpoint when it would have been, when it would have been. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just, I was so, I, I wanted it to be good. Like the trailers looked like fun. Mm-hmm. But then I also remembered Suicide Squad and mm-hmm. was like, I, I don't know. Like, it, like a Suicide Squad also had very good trailers. And I, I was yeah. like, I... Suicide Squad did have good trailers? Yeah. And I was just like, I don't know. Like, I want it to do well, but I'm not sure how it's actually going to be. 
And then the review started coming in and they were like all pretty positive. And so then I was excited to go see it. I saw it with my sister on Saturday of opening weekend and we both really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, it's super fun. Feels, um, like Harley Quinn feels so different. Kind of like from the Harley Quinn in Suicide Squad. How so? I didn't see Suicide Squad. It's just less male gazy. Oh, yeah. Like the way that she behaves and some of the, like, I don't know, quote unquote, like posing and things that she wears and stuff like that. Like it's less to like titillate men. Yeah. And like it feels more like her. Yeah. That makes sense. And uh, did not, didn't Margot Robbie like create her own production company or something to make this movie? Oh, that I don't know. And I, 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 I heard that she uh, wanted to make sure that she sort of had some creative control over how Harley Quinn was portrayed. Mm. Um, and I know she's a producer on the movie. Yeah, she is a producer. Um, and I know the director is a woman. I can't remember her yeah. name. Um, Kathy something, I think. I, I can't remember. Um, let me look it up. Yeah. Be professional. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I can, I, I haven't seen Suicide Squad, but I imagine that if you were to like hold up pictures of her in that movie versus this movie, the difference would probably be pretty stark. Yep. Um, yeah. It's good. Yeah. And that's our episode. (laughs) Thanks for listening. No, but I mean, obviously this movie just came out and when we're, when we release this episode, it will not even have been out for a full week yet. So yeah. Uh, just a heads up that we are going to talk full spoilers about this movie, um, as we always do with new releases. So if you haven't seen it yet, please pause, uh, go see it, and then come back and enjoy this conversation with us. But um, Kathy Yan is the name of the Kathy director, Yen. by the way. Uh, so the basic premise of this movie is that Harley Quinn has broken up with the Joker, mm-hmm. a thing that happens off screen, which is fine. I don't need to really see her break up with the Joker or what Jared Leto's Joker thinks about Harley Quinn breaking up with him. No. Uh, I could care less about that. Couldn't care less. Yeah. Um, and then it's like a really weird, crazy, like she's protected by the Joker when she's with him. And so she's not telling people that they've broken up because being associated with him gives her some form of power and control in the circles that she runs around in. And then people start finding out that she has broken up with him. Mm -hmm. And there is one man in particular, uh, if you are familiar with the DC comics at all or Batman comics, it's the villain black mask played by Ewan McGregor, who is having so much fun in that role. He really is. Yeah. He is great in this movie. Uh, but he finds out and decides that he wants to uh, kill her. Kill her, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, because she's kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah. There, there's like a scene, like a big extended scene of her in his club, and she's just like getting pl- like plastered, yeah, and like causing mayhem, and she like breaks his driver's legs, <laughs> um, and yeah, so he decides to come after her, and all the while there's sort of a MacGuffin with this diamond, diamond yeah. jewel thing that belongs to this Bertinelli crime family mm-hmm. that Black Mask also wants to get his hands on because it has, it like... contains the codes to offshore bank. It doesn't matter. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. It's, like, really not important. Um, but that diamond jewel uh, comes into the possession of uh, a young woman named Cassandra Kane. Yeah. And so suddenly Black Mask and a bunch of other, like, crime people want to get her as well. And mm-hmm. so Harley is sort of 
uh, not really against her will, but just um, ultimately ends up sort of being a caretaker to Cassandra Kane and trying to protect her. And then the other women that are in this film, uh, Dinah Lance, who is Black Canary, um, Renee Montoya, who is a detective with the Gotham City Police Department, and uh, Helena Bertinelli, um, who is the daughter of this crime family that got gunned down, mm-hmm. um, a.k.a. Huntress, if you know her from the comics. Um, they all, in different ways, become embroiled in this mess, and they don't really all come together until the very end of the movie. Uh, and then they fight, and they win, and it's great. It is, yeah. Uh, what? T- tell me some of the, like specific things that that made you love this movie i liked that the story was small yeah i liked that it was focused on the characters more than on a plot right to destroy the world or whatever like the driving force is really black math wants to kill harley quinn and she doesn't want to die yes um and that's kind of refreshing when you know we're just coming off the tail end of like avengers endgame where it literally is about the end of Mm -hmm. Not just the world, but the whole universe. Yeah. And uh, Captain Marvel, the world's at stake, whole peoples are at stake, all, right. all that kind of thing. And uh, what are other recent superhero movies? Spider-Man. Spider-Man. It's not really the whole world, but... Not, it, not in it, a it's literal just, sense, uh, but yeah. It's yeah. a larger scale for Spider-Man. Yeah, and I, I really liked how, how zoomed in it was on the characters. I felt like I got to know Harley Quinn really, really well. Mm-hmm. And I liked her which yes. is an achievement in and of itself because i think in the hands of like the wrong actor she could be so grating and irritating yeah, for sure and margot robbie is such a good actor that she she is a little bit annoying but it's also charming and lovable yeah. and but she also feels like really unpredictable and dangerous mm-hmm. and i think she just nailed it. i mean i i haven't read many dc comics and i honestly don't know if i've ever read one with harley quinn in it mm. but um i love the ways that she portrays the character and based yeah. on what I know of the character, she nailed it. And I, I feel like I got to know Black Canary really well too. Cause she's got yeah. a lot, um, a lot of stuff to do, especially in the first half of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, really liked her and I loved, um, uh, journey Smollett Bell's Bell. performance. Yeah. I for, forgot the second half of her last name for a moment. Uh, I thought she was great and I really, really, uh, liked her and, and, um, in some ways, she was kind of like the almost like the straight man of the movie, right? Um, her, her, and um, I would uh, say Huntress probably is a little more like the literal kind of straight man, like the humorless, like oh yeah, just she's so <laughs> awkward and out of yeah. place. Yes, once once she finally sort of shows up and yeah. has more of a presence in the movie. Um, but yeah, I and, and I just thought it was like so, I guess like stylishly put together, stylishly yeah. made, like. The music works perfectly in the scene. The camera work is so much fun during the fights. Um, I don't know. It's just a really, really fun little movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would go see it again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I might I might try to go see it again while yeah. it's still in theaters. Yeah, I, I just... I haven't liked a movie soundtrack uh, like I liked this one in a while. Like, all, all of the needle drops were perfect. They were, yeah. And none of them were, like, annoying or obvious right. or anything. It was just so much fun to watch and listen to. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think I agree on all fronts. Um, I think it's nice to see not hinted at, not like blink and you'll miss it, but like 
true on-screen good queer representation in a superhero movie. Oh, yeah. That Renee Montoya is gay. Mm-hmm. That they uh, not even just allude, but show that Harley Quinn is bisexual. Like, yeah. they're talking about her previous relationships, and one of them is with a woman. Yeah. Um, all that stuff, I think, is important, and hopefully we will see more and more of that um, in superhero movies. Uh, that it won't be a Rise of Skywalker situation where they just show <laughs> two women yeah. kissing in the background. Or Avengers Endgame. Same, yeah. same thing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I really liked that. Um, I just, yeah, I liked Renee Montoya as a character too, that she is, she's a scoundrel sort of the way the rest of them are. That she is a detective, yes, but like her life is falling apart and mm-hmm. she drinks too much and uh, like there, there's like the big moment um, what is the boot? The like she gets called in to do something and she's like drunk mm-hmm. when uh, and you know she's just kind of a mess, yeah. And I like seeing, I don't know, I you know, there's complicated stuff with police all the time, of course, but uh, to see like the Gotham, a Gotham PD, like police officer detective who's just like a mess is really great, yeah. Um, and yeah, super agree about Black Canary. Uh, I wasn't like quite sure what to make of her at the beginning. Yeah. Just because, you know, she's so involved with Black Mask. I mean, and you can tell that some of that is against her will. Mm-hmm. But she also seemed to like be indebted to him. That's and, true. And, and sort of feel uh, like she owes him something. Yeah. Um, in, in a way where it's not like she's like forced to do it, but she like feels like, yeah, maybe, but like genuinely kind of feels like he did this nice thing for me. And so I should do this for him. And then I guess it is sort of over the course of the movie realizing like, Oh no, I've like set up shop with somebody who was a monster. Yeah. Um, that when I was just the singer, you can like ignore all of the like terrible things that he's doing. Yeah. And then suddenly when you become his driver, and you have to drive him place to place, and he wants you to start taking on more and more responsibility, then you see sort of more of his dark side. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Huntress is really kept off the board for the majority of the movie. Mm-hmm. You just sort of see her working in the background. Yeah. She just keeps shooting guys in the throat with her crossbow, like, yeah. here and there, um, and doesn't make her big presence known really until the end of the movie uh, for, like, the big fight. But I just really love Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I think she's such a good actress. And uh, she's very fun in the movie when she finally, like, has some stuff to do. Yeah, she is. And she really plays up, like, the socially awkward nature of this character who spent her whole life training to uh, kill all the people who killed her family. Yeah. And doesn't really have any social skills as a result. Right. it's, It's a lot of fun. It's like the way Batman, like, probably actually should be. Yeah. Where it's like your family was gunned down. You didn't spend time with other kids socializing. You just have been training your entire life to like fight crime. Like you would be a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> like you wouldn't mm-hmm. be as cool and badass as they make Batman. Like you would be socially nope. awkward and not know how to say the right things and all that stuff. Like mm-hmm. they portray her the way that they probably should actually portray Batman. If they wanted to do like a quote unquote realistic yeah. take on Batman. Yeah. yeah. And it works and is very fun and very funny. Um, And yeah, I just was so in love with the action. Yeah. There's like a big rescue or what 
quote unquote rescue. Everybody's trying to get this girl, Cassandra Kane, mm-hmm. to get the diamond. So Harley is like sort of rescuing her from the police precinct. Yeah. And that whole action scene that takes oh. place in like the uh, evidence room yeah. is great. Yeah. Uh, and, and when she first walks in and is like shooting the cops with the beanbag gun yeah. and like glitter bombs, that was so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the big set piece at the end where they're at this abandoned like carnival. Yeah. Uh, and there's like this huge fight that has like a circular platform with a bunch of giant rubber hands yep. as like a focal point of it. It's basically the, and like the first half of the climax of the movie takes place in like this carnival funhouse. Yes. Yeah. And that, that action scene, all of that, I just, it was, is just nothing but eye candy. Yeah. You were just like all of these fights, every, the way the camera moves, the way that everybody's sort of like weaving in and out of frame, like fighting together, like using each other's skills back and forth, like all of it. Like it, it reminded me a lot of that one scene in the first Avengers movie where you're just like seeing all the Avengers, yeah, like sure, working in tandem together. Yeah. It reminded me of that in a really good way. Um, we're just like, oh yeah, like they're like, it's like, oh, they're they're starting to become a team, which was really fun, uh, and uh, you know, I think, and my sister made this point too when we were walking out, but it's really nice to see like real superpowers being used in a DC movie. Sure, yeah, because like even Wonder Woman and Batman and stuff, they're much more like melee fighting based. Yeah. Uh, and it's nice to see somebody like like Black Canary who uses her sonic scream yeah. and just like blows people out. Which I didn't even know she could do until she did it. I was like, yeah. that's so cool. Yeah. yeah. And I yeah, and me, like I I do know that about her and mm-hmm. I I had been waiting for her to do it. And and they, they do a good job of like her not wanting to do it because they make hints that like her mother had also had that ability. Yeah. And her like trying to sort of run away from that. Yeah. Um because otherwise like she should be using it all the time. Yeah. And it's it's a very useful ability. <laughs> yeah, and there's that there's that moment in um in the club earlier in the movie where she's singing and it shatters a glass. Yes. And I had no idea what the hell that was. When oh, I was okay. And then when we got to the end, I was like, Oh, she has super <laughs> I get it. Which I wasn't expecting. Yeah. From a DC movie that takes place in Gotham City. Right. Because so few of those characters have any kind of um natural abilities. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. I mean, most of Batman's bad guys are not... They use chemicals they, or... Yeah, like yeah. like I was going to say, like, except Mr. Freeze, but even Mr. Freeze, it's like a freeze gun that he developed. It's not like he shoots ice yeah. from his hands or whatever. Like, like Clayface? Yeah, I guess Clayface, yeah. maybe. Man-Bat? Yeah. Um, but like Riddler, Penguin, Two-Face, like... Scarecrow, mm, yeah. Yeah, none of those people have superpowers. Yeah, which is fun in, in, in its own way, I think. But um, I don't know. It's just cool to see that in this yeah 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 I, I i like being reminded of the superhero-ness of it all at times yeah for sure and i also like that this movie does not end with harley quinn like joining these women full-time to like be a superhero now in gotham that it like yeah. reminds you like she's not she's a wild a, card she's a wild card yeah. she's not a superhero the way that these other people are superheroes yeah. who feel this duty to go out and like protect people and do this kind of thing yeah which i think is also why i had so much fun with this movie it was just like not the typical focal point character that you would have in a comic book movie. Right. She's kind of an anti-hero. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was fun. But and not anti-hero in like the anti-hero not like way. Todd Phillips, the Joker. <laughs> right. It was, yeah, it was, she's, she's, yeah, she's not 
doing what she's doing out of the goodness of her heart. Right. It's all Even very selfishly we motivated. You do get to see a little bit of the right. goodness in her heart, and it's yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah, but that comes from being forced to do this good thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Where it's like she's really trying to protect Cassandra Kane for her own good for a good long while. Um but yeah, I I I just think it was a really, really fun movie. Mm-hmm. And I I saw that they're renaming it now. I saw that too, and then I read something that it was just like they were renaming it for like movie theater record keeping or something. And I guess the mm. official title is still Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, when they first announced that title, I thought it was the most obnoxious thing in the world. Yeah. And then I saw the movie, and it's actually like narr- it's basically Harley Quinn telling you the story. And I was like, oh, this is like how she would title this if she was like writing writing it in a right. diary or something. Yeah, exactly. And then I was a lot more okay with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. Oh, I also just want to make note that there is a an egg sandwich that is featured prominently in the movie that I really thought was very fun and very funny. Great. I also that reminds me I wanted to bring up I saw someone on Twitter I, th- I can't remember who I think it was a critic of some sort and uh, just observing that the movie uh treats uh women's relationship with food and consuming food mm. in a much different way than typical like mainstream Hollywood fare does like Yeah. Like That's a good they point. love eating like greasy so-called unhealthy foods yeah and there's like that egg sandwich that like the fur when they're making it the shots oh, right. are like almost pornographic yes just like close-up <laughs> yeah. shots of the eggs like jiggling on the bread yeah and the cheese melting over it and stuff like yep. that and um there's a lot of scenes with harley quinn eating like sugary mm-hmm. cereal uh that ends in a taco place yeah she lives above it uh Taiwanese I think yeah. restaurant and she has a regular order that she always gets and talks yep. about it and I don't know I, I it's not something I would have noticed myself but mm-hmm. I going into the movie after reading about that on Twitter I think it was I, I noticed it a lot more than I would have and um, I think that goes back to what you're saying about it being a lot less male gazy and yes. just letting women be whole people instead of yeah uh, bodies yeah. yeah women eat junk food yeah all the time all the time yeah. every day yeah it happens. Good for them. Yeah. They also have to poop out diamonds sometimes. Oh, yeah. That, that was true, too. There's <laughs> a lot of, like, I don't know. There's just a lot of, like, very, quote-unquote, unladylike things yeah. in the movie, which um, I guess makes sense for the character right. of Harley Quinn. But I think also there is a little bit more to it than that. And I yeah. thought it was, it was, I don't know. It was good. It was well I done. agree. Yeah. It's a good movie. Um don't let the association with Suicide Squad keep you from seeing it. It's so much better than Suicide Squad. Yeah, and I'll have to say this: I did not see Suicide Squad, and I was fine. Did not, did not. Uh, there were no gaps that needed to be filled in. Yeah, and yeah, I guess I wasn't really talking about that per se, but just that um, Suicide Squad is such a terrible movie that I think it has turned some people off from wanting to sure. see this because oh, it's sure. the same character that was in Suicide Squad. Oh yeah, but this depiction is so different from that that don't let the awfulness of one movie keep you from seeing this one because it is like genuinely very good yeah so if you saw suicide squad and hated it yeah um, there's hope yeah yeah (laughs) for sure um uh cool anything else about harley quinn before we move on Mm, i don't think so okay i think that pretty much covers i mean i i love the movie a lot um and I think I've said everything that I love about it. 
I thought it was great. Excellent. It was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just say one more time that Margot Robbie is just so good in the role. She, I've never seen her be bad. And, and yeah, it's, it's like, it's nice to, like, I guess it's, she's not the only comic book actor out there doing this, but it's nice to see like a real performance yes. in, a, in a movie like this. Cause yeah. they're not always there. No. And I mean, honestly, like I love superheroes and superhero movies, but not many are given the opportunity to do the things that she's doing in this one. Like so, uh, so often, like superheroes or protagonists or whatever in these kinds of movies have to be good, upstanding, whole. Like, you don't get a lot of chances to like show a messy, somewhat broken, like fully realized character. Yeah, oftentimes. Yeah, and I think that's a gift too to see to see Margot Robbie doing in this role. Yeah, I think that was, that was part of what was so appealing to me too. Not only is she different, but she feels like a fully fleshed out, fully realized character. Yeah. With like a real life of her own. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a fun funny thing to say about somebody who has like porcelain white skin. <laughs> yeah. True. <laughs> but and wields a giant mallet yeah. <laughs> at certain points in the movie. Which maybe is just another testament to Margot Robbie. True. And possibly the script, but I think more more Robbie than yeah. anything. Yeah. Yeah. I think she elevates a lot mm-hmm. that, yeah, like, like you said, would be silly or uh, annoying. Yeah. And, she can be such a grating character. Yeah. And that doesn't work when she has to carry the movie. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Thanks for listening. Um, now we're going to move on to the next part of our show. It's music time. Music time. All right, welcome to music time. Thank you. It's of course part of the show where Eric and I are going to talk about something that we have been listening to, a song, a performance, um, some sort of musical thing yeah um eric what are you listening to i'm gonna recommend eminem's performance at the oscars of course it was, was so moving life-changing yeah uh no i, I did I, I saw you crying yeah it wasn't because i liked it oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um no i'm gonna recommend uh one of my favorite bands just put out a new record on friday last week mm. that band is called the lone bellow i mentioned oh. that they were putting out a new record last fall when they released the first single from it you um, sure did the album is called Half Moon Light, and uh, it's great. Uh, it's an album that um, they've said in like interviews that they've been trying to make for a long time, but it just never felt like it was working properly. Mm-hmm. And listening to the album, like I don't know, I just got the sense that they're like a lot of the songs in there are like really hard one, and and they had to they had to live through some shit in order to to write them and. Um, it's hard for me to pick a favorite, but I think the one I'm going to go with is called um, Wonder. Okay. Uh, just because I think the lyrics of it are really beautiful, and it's sort of like uh, a lot of the songs are like looking back on old friendships or relationships and figuring out how to let go and move on. Um, and uh, that's sort of why why the song really resonated with me. I think it's just really beautifully written lyrically, musically. It It's it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I don't really know what else to say about it, but here's a little clip of it. Taking in the moonlight, waiting for the rain to come. 
crash down on our arms Won't roll the windows up As a stormy stamps the street line That memory of us I've taken every back road I probably shouldn't take I've wasted my time Let time waste away my day Should I let go That is gorgeous. Thanks. I wrote it myself. <laughs> um, my recommendation is a band that I've talked about before uh, who just put out a new single. Um, and that band is the 1975. Didn't they just put out a new album? Like pretty recently? Uh, last year. Okay. And then apparently they've got another one coming out this year. Wow. That's a good uh, turnaround. If, if things are to be believed. Yeah. It was like maybe supposed to come out last fall, but didn't end up happening that they had talked about like releasing two in the same year. Yeah. Um, But then, yeah, I guess for whatever reason, it's not happening um, until this year. That's fine. Yeah. But um, the song is called Me and You Together Song. That is the title of it, Uh, which is, if you listen to the 1975, a very 1975 uh, song title. They are, I, I find them so fascinating because they play with their style a lot. There's no one set sound for them. Sometimes they feel very heavy, very like almost grungy. Mm. Um, other times I think they're also capable of like writing really incredible pop songs and they just experiment a lot in their albums and in their songwriting. And this is a song that leans more, on the pop end and is super fun. I haven't, you know, really explored it much lyrically, but from what I have listened to about it feels like just sort of a, I mean, it's in the title, me and you together song. Like it's sort of lovey dovey, Yeah. but the sound of it is what I love the most. It feels like a song that would be the focal point of like a late nineties, early two thousands teenage like movie that would star Freddie Prince Jr. or something like that, you know? That it would be, like, the moment in the movie where he realizes that the dorky girl actually is, like, really beautiful and he likes her for her. And, like, he's not going to let all his jock friends judge him for that. And, like, it it, it has sort of that vibe to it. Like, you can Mm -hmm. easily see it being played um, in that moment in a movie. And it's really fun, and it's made me really happy the last couple weeks uh, since I listened to it. Um, so here's a little bit of that, the Me and You Together song by the
All right. That was great. It's fun. It it's is. a fun one. It's the funnest. Uh, and now we're going to move on to the third and final part of our show, the second part. The second part. And this is, of course, where we're going to recommend something else in pop culture that we are enjoying uh, outside of our main feature. Um, could be a book. Could be a cool backpack. Could be a new writing pen that you're like, just something else that you're enjoying. Could be a sticker. A, a really fun scratch and sniff sticker. <laughs> yeah, a, a really uh, boundary-pushing new smell. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you never thought they'd be able to capture... Uh, if I was wittier, I would have thought of some fun smell there, but unfortunately uh, I am not. Bark dust. Bark dust. I was gonna say I was gonna say like fresh laundry, but no, they've captured fresh laundry. There's probably like yeah. sixteen candles about labeled fresh laundry. Wow. Cool reference. Yeah, that's sorry, this is a pop culture podcast, <laughs> if you didn't know. <laughs> that I'm very good at. <laughs> Being funny, no, but pop culture references, hell yeah. Um, Eric, what are you consuming? Um, I'm gonna recommend a movie. Okay. That I watched the night after the night of the Oscars, mm. um, and it's by the same director of Parasite, Bong Joon Ho. The movie is called Okja. It's on Netflix. Yeah, and I've seen it. I think that the, I, that was this was the third time I watched it. And every time I watch it, I like it a little bit more because it's it's so it's a weird movie. It is weird, um, but it's so just like completely sincere. Yeah, um, and honestly, I'm surprised that it works at all. But it it really it really does. I, it, other than Parasite, it might be my favorite of his movies. Mm. I really really love it. It's about um, there's this company that um, has intru- is introducing these like genetically engineered pig. They call them super pigs, but they're like a mix. They look like a mixture and behave like a mixture of like pigs, hippos, and puppies. Yeah. Um, and they're doing it to try and create a sustainable, cheap food source, and they breed something or like 20 of them and send them to different farms around the world and have the farmers raise them and like based on local traditions and stuff. And the movie is, uh, focuses on the, the pig that gets sent to Korea um, and the girl who raises it um, and it wins the competition and she finds out that they're going to take it to America and slaughter it basically. And she gets involved with this animal rights activist group that um, wants to rescue the super pig, um, which is Okja, the title of the movie, yeah. um, in the name of the pig. And um, it, it just is sort of about her journey um, trying to get reunited with with Okja, the super pig. Um, so in a lot of ways, it's kind, it's kind of like a, you know, the boy and his dog kind of movie, mm-hmm. but in this like weird, like sci-fi modern way and it has a lot to say about um, the way cultures interact with each other and translation and all kinds of things. And um, I, I loved it. I still love it. Uh, I highly recommend it. It's on Netflix. So if you haven't watched it, watch it. Excellent. Thanks. Um, I'm going to recommend a TV show that is still airing. Um, so I guess there's still time for it to end poorly. But uh, as of right now, I've been enjoying it a lot. It has become appointment viewing for me. Um, And that is an HBO show called The Outsider, um, which is uh, a Stephen King adaptation that stars Ben Mendelsohn and Cynthia Erivo and Jason Bateman. And it's a show. Well, I don't know. I'm sort of a weenie when it comes to scary stuff. 
And there was part of me that was like, I don't know if I can handle this. Like it's going to, it's probably going to be scary. Uh, but up until this point, it hasn't been all that scary. It's just been more a compelling mystery and thriller. Um, essentially a man played by Jason Bateman is convicted of killing a kid. Um, and he says he didn't do it. Um, and, but there's like really hard evidence that says that he did do it. And you come to find out that he, his alibi also lines up and fits in that he was in a totally different place in a totally different state at the time. And they find video evidence of this. So suddenly you have conflicting, uh, evidence that he did do this, but also he couldn't have because he was elsewhere. Um, and because the Stephen King adaptation, of course, it's not straightforward and there may be some supernatural elements and things going on. Um, but I don't want to say anything more than that because I know that my co-host here has not started the show yet. So I don't want to seen the first two episodes. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, okay. I started it last night. Oh, okay. (laughs) Great. Um, but, uh, we got, we, I got to talk to you before you leave about this. Okay. (laughs) Not, not, not on the podcast, but, uh, I, I do, I want to hear your thoughts on it, but. Um, yeah, I just find it endlessly compelling. I think Ben Mendelsohn is so good on the show and, uh, Cynthia Revo is amazing doing some really, really fine character work. And she, um, the character that she plays is sort of brought in to help investigate, um, Hmm. what is, what quickly becomes a much larger mystery. Um, and I think when she finally makes her appearance on the show, which is episode three, I believe, right? She's not in two She's at not all. In episode two? Yeah I, th- yeah, I believe it's three is when she makes her first appearance. Um, She's just so compelling, and you just want to watch her do everything. She's such a good actress. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, The Outsider on HBO. Can't recommend it enough. I, I cannot wait to see where it's going. It's, you know, based on one of his books, so... Uh, but I haven't done any reading ahead to see what happens or anything like that. I, it's been one of those nice experiences where I'm just letting going along for the ride with the show. Um, yeah. And it's really well told. And those first two episodes are directed by Jason Bateman. Mm-hmm. And they, boy, does he does he direct the hell out of them. Yeah, he does. Okay. Uh, I would never have thought of him as being any sort of gifted filmmaker or director. Um but man, he does such a good job on like, he really sets the mood for what the show is going to be like the tone of it, the look of it. Um, and that was like a big draw for me too. like was seeing what he did. And like, I think that that drew me into the story even more was just that real sense of place and everything. Um, so yeah, I'll, that's the outsider. Please watch it. It's great. Yeah. I co-signed that so far. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. And with that, that will end, uh, our our episode officially medial 2.0 we're back and better than ever we never really went anywhere but we didn't now well, we i s- went on i went to new york oh that's true but that didn't really affect anything on the podcast <laughs> no so don't worry about it yeah and now we <laughs> hopefully sound better i know i do <laughs> <laughs> uh thanks for listening as always um oh yeah uh i i always i always like almost forget to do all the wrap-up stuff um, want to say that a quick thank you to Louis Zong for the use of our theme song. Um, it's called The Long Hike. You can find it and other songs by Louis at louisong.bandcamp.com. Uh, if you have question or comment about the show, you can email us at officiallymedial at gmail.com. 
um, let us know how we're doing. Uh, if you decide to send something in, we will read it on air. I don't think I've ever mentioned that, 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 that that's what will happen. Um, oh. So please do. Yeah, do um, it. We'll air, we're, we'll, we'll do it. We'll air our dirty laundry. <laughs> we'll air your dirty laundry. That's right. Uh, and if you want to find me on social media, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Benjamin underscore Skaggs. And of course, on the great new Byte app, where I am at old Benny Boy. Old Benny Boy? Yep. I am on Twitter at Basic Slimes, and I'm on Instagram at Eric Nuduke. And that is all. Uh, LinkedIn? I'm on there, but I haven't checked it <laughs> yeah. in like since I got hired at my current job. Who does? It's, <laughs> yeah. the only, it's the only time anybody checks LinkedIn is when you're in between jobs yep. or looking for something <laughs> new. <laughs> yeah, so I haven't ch- I haven't checked mine in five years. Yeah, they always send me emails being like, you have these invitations yeah. waiting, and for all I know, it's like the job of my dreams. I know. <laughs> but I couldn't... Yeah. I, I, Although, no one's going to offer me the job of my dreams on LinkedIn based on what I have on my profile, <laughs> so it's fine. <laughs> true. Yeah. Very true. Well, of course... Yeah, we always always get into the LinkedIn stuff at the end of our episodes. We love LinkedIn. We, <laughs> we love it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm We're not. just about connecting with fellow I'm professionals. Ashamed. I'm not ashamed. It's this where we're going to play the I'm Not Ashamed song. What song is that? I forget who sings it, but it's a oh. I'm Not Ashamed to take a stand. Yeah. Everybody. Who is that? I, I, I couldn't tell you. I like that song. <laughs> <laughs> then, you, then you should know who it's by. Let's solve this mystery as our last act of this episode. Okay, great. Yeah. Are you actually going to do it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm doing it right now. <laughs> um, yeah. Who is that song by? I'm bad at vamping, but I can just talk and say things. It is an artist. Oh, wait. Called is it a Christian song? Oh, surely not. It's not Jeremy Camp. No, it's not Jeremy Camp. Okay. Well, because it, 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 it's in all those. It, road together. It's in all those like Peloton commercials. Yeah. Remember, there's Every like weather. the Peloton guy who's on the bike and it's his kid and he's singing the song. Every. I'm just typing the lyrics into Google. Maybe it's I'm not afraid, not I'm not ashamed. Oh, it might be. That's me mishearing the lyrics. This is terrible podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> like really, truly, you God. You can cut this out of the God, God awful like podcasting. To. No, we haven't said bye. I have to keep it oh. all in. <laughs> oh, it's fucking Eminem. I, I, I was worried that it was going to be Eminem. <laughs> I do like that song, though. <laughs> it's a good song. Yeah. You love it. Yeah, it's my favorite song. I love Eminem. Bye. And I love Eminem, our official corporate sponsor. <laughs> Okay, goodbye. Yeah, bye. Sorry. (laughs)